I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There isn't one way to make it in life with all the ups and downs that life throws at us. But for me, it's about tapping into those teachable moments and jewels of knowledge that we pick up from the people that we meet and the experiences that we encounter. In this podcast, I aim to discuss a wide range of topics whilst I uncover the jewels that each of my guests have picked up along the way with the hope of inspiring you and me. I want you to be able to take at least, even if it's one thing away from each episode. So stay tuned if you love what you hear. I'm Martine and this is Drop the Jewels podcast. I've worked in the creative industry for eight years as a makeup artist and currently uh, breaking into creative direction. I've been sort of like working on film sets and music videos, bringing together makeup teams and styling teams and art department to kind of formulate a specific look and feel on various projects. So I've just been very excited to create um, and just continue creating. Hence the podcast is another another way of creating. This is basically an opportunity for me to utilize my curiosity. I'm a very curious person and I've got a wide range of interests and tastes. I just wanna kind of cut all the crap. There's so much information online these days, which is great, it's great. But sometimes you just want to hear someone's story and to take away one thing that is gonna spark something in you to do better and reach the goal that you're trying to get to. You know, for me, it was one of, uh, something that my aunt told me actually, and I've always held on to this. And it was the only two answers in this world are yes and no. And for me, that is just such an amazing piece of advice because yes, we don't always wanna be let down and we can run away from hearing no's because we feel shamed or, we're going to be embarrassed. But at the end of the day, if, it, if we hear a yes, yes, let's move on. Let's let's do it. But a no just means that, you know what? This door might not be opening for me just yet, but maybe I need to try a different avenue. Or maybe I need to knock on that door once I've, you know, been more prepared or, or whatever it may be. But you should never allow missing an opportunity because you're afraid to hear yes or no. So that's exactly why I wanna have these types of conversations. Today I'll be talking to Rayleigh Murray. Rayleigh Murray is a film and TV production manager from London and has worked in production for a number of years working on various shows by BBC, Netflix and Amazon. And we've worked on a number of projects together and it's always a good time working with her. So I thought it'd be great to bring her on today to discuss her journey and just tap into what inspires her 
and what has gotten her to where she is right now. The topic of today is new beginnings. It's January, the first month of the year, and I thought it's only right to have a reflection episode. The beginning of the new year is typically a time where we reflect on the past year and ask ourselves where we want to go and what we want to achieve in the year ahead. So if you're interested, keep listening whilst we kick off the episode. Hi, Raylene. Hello, Martine. Thank you for coming today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Thank you for coming. I really, really appreciate you being here. Um, obviously, this is my pilot episode for the podcast. And yeah, I'm just super stoked, super excited that you chose to be my guest. Um, so yeah, you good? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Like, I think this is going to be really fun. So it's January. And obviously, beginning of the new year. And I wanted to kind of, you know, the subject matter, all, all of my podcast episodes going forward are going to have like a subject matter that we're going to sort of springboard from and um yeah like today's is new beginnings obviously we're at the beginning of the new year and I kind of want to discuss like you know just like reflection reflecting on like the past year and sort of what you may have encountered or like what hopes you have for the new year um you know I've been really thinking about it a lot like um just about like how I can level up or you know not even just in a career aspect but like you know spiritually um ensuring that I check in with my loved ones and just being more present and more healthy um so you know have you been sort of reflecting have you been what what have you been doing sort of the beginning of the year January now and thinking about sort of last year um yeah i i actually have um i just found that like i i reflected on like where i was um literally like this time last year and so much has changed within that space of time where like and in terms of work-wise i wasn't even um working tv i was actually unemployed <laughs> looking for my next job and um wow. And even then, it's like, once I did get a job, it was um, working a nine to five. And I did yeah. that for a couple of months. Um, and I mean, it was because it was lockdown. It's a thing where you kind of want something which is a little bit stable and secure. And yeah, it did. It did very well. So I ended up going back into a job that I did um, five years ago. So working with familiar faces and everything. So it wasn't a thing of like me starting this brand new job. Right. Um, and because I got along with the people who had previously worked with, it kind of just was like business as usual. Right, right. You, you know, know. You, you slipped back in like pretty, quite easily. Pretty much. So yeah, it was just, it just felt like um, I'd never left in a sense. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, and that, you know, I'm kind of glad that um, I left that job on good on good terms because it was like when I did need, you know, something that I could just pay my bills with and also just to, um, you know, just keep me going for until something else comes along, um, I was able to work with something um people that were able to be very supportive and understand my situation so it was really nice so i stayed there for a couple of years and then i went back into tv um so like and the thing is is that going back into tv i didn't really have i had some intention that i wanted to go back mm. but i didn't know if that was going to happen so i was fine sticking with the nine to five but to see that like once i went back into tv and i literally was working back to back to back to back yeah and i just think that 
you know, that I had no anticipation or even any expectation that that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so that's like a big kind of yeah. like, wow, like in 12 months, yeah, I've gone from working nine, a nine to five, just kind of like seeing what's going to happen. And then, you know, within a year, you've, you've turned it around and you've gone back into TV. So, yeah, yeah that's amazing. So like, what is it that brought you to going back to the like leaving like the nine to five and going sorry leaving tv rather and going back into the nine to five what was it that kind of so i actually left tv in 2019 right um it was a little bit um of kind of falling out with my love for the industry mm. i so how i started my career i started my career in non-scripted television but um i've always explain been... explain non-scripted television for those that don't, <laughs> yeah, so, don't understand so non-scripted television are like documentaries and um entertainment shows so reality tv right and yeah. competition shows. so if you think like x factor and love island right um and like i guess sunday brunch and so uh, those are what we call non-scripted television mm. because it's just you know regular people um, and they're being filmed just being themselves basically right yeah so um, that's how I started my career out of. And um, I learned a lot um, mm. working on that side because, um, you know, you kind of understand how, um, for example, how a production is made. So I worked on both um, two sides of television. So I worked in development. That's um, what I started out in. So right. that's how I learned about how TV shows are actually commissioned and what goes into putting together an idea. So wow. from, from the inception of just a random conversation to putting together like a treatment and putting together a like a sizzle reel and going to talk to commissioners and meetings right. to kind of like get off the floor and having like a thousand knockbacks. Yeah. Even though you put your blood, sweat and tears into an idea for it to kind of like be oh, told no. And then I it's don't just know if like, I could, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you build a resilience. And yeah. that's something that I learned. So it's like, you're you're constantly gonna get no, so you kind of just get used to the no. You you're up, you're obviously you're upset and you want to throw flip tables because you spent <laughs> many hours in the night trying to get an idea together so that it's like super ready for a commissioner. But you just you just learn that like okay, well we'll put that on to the back burner. Maybe another channel might be interested, but then there's like several other ideas that we could probably work mm. with. So I learned I learned basically how a TV show is um gone from like an idea in someone's head right up into this you know it goes on screen and for the most part that can take years like mm -hmm. an idea isn't like a five minute thing mm -hmm. so from the idea of someone's head it could be like another three to sometimes even seven years wow like i learned that i read a book when i first started and it said that he wants to be a millionaire took seven years before he even came onto no itv way. yeah oh my gosh and so it constantly was getting knocked back yeah once he said no and then eventually someone said yes yeah but that whole process took seven years wow so it's it's very very interesting to see where that idea comes from and it also it's an appreciation that if you work in production the pe the people that work in development are the people that actually are the ones giving you the jobs mm, so that's true so so learning that and then going into development i mean going into production where like um where i worked on um shows like Sunday Branch, and I worked on Too Hot to Handle the first season, and I worked on um, a show called The Highs and um, The Sky One, and I also worked on a show called 
the Farmer's Country Showdown, which is a BBC One daytime series about farm animals. <laughs> right, okay. Which is really cute. But you also, on that side, you kind of get to see, like, what goes into building relationships with um, the cast members and, you know, the relationships it, it takes to... Um, with the actual crew itself. So I've worked on a crew of four mm. and I've also worked on a crew of nearly 200 people. Yeah. But what I learned was that even though I've learned all of these things, I don't really have a love for that side of television. Sure. So it became a thing where like, I'm trying to apply for jobs because yes, bills need to be paid and everything, but it's like, I don't care. Your heart's not in your it. So because it. your heart's not in it, you're not getting the jobs. Yeah. So, yeah. So I ended up just going back into full time and... I think for me, going back in, back into full-time work, working 9 to 5 was brilliant because it was, um, well, for the most part, it was making more money working less hours. Mm. Because when you work in um, production, sometimes you could be working like 90-odd hour weeks, mm. but your salary doesn't stay, doesn't change. So you're not getting overtime for working. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so say, you're, um, say your contract is, uh, let's say, £500 a week, Yeah. But you but you're working like 96 hours. Yeah. It's not, you're not going to get You're not going to get any more. Yeah, so yeah. it was nice to go back into full time where it's like, I finish at 4pm every day. Yeah. I'm making more money. It was great. Yeah. And then lockdown kicked in. So it was that, stabi- that stability, stability you needed. Which oh, I needed because goodness. it's like, you don't want to have uncertainty in such a, a time where it's no, none of us is knew what was going, going on. on kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah. That is so interesting. So you obviously, you said that you were doing um development and then you said you then started to move towards production yeah so i mean at the moment you're doing production in am i right scripted tv yeah so i've got your production manager so at the moment um on the last few productions i've worked on i've worked in their covid team so covid is you know it's it's born out of the pandemic just to ensure that production still can run during you know, this uncertain time. Um, so I've come on as a, I initially started off as a production coordinator and I'm now currently a junior production manager for the COVID team on a, on a feature film. Mm. Um, so it's everything that I did in production, but it's just specifically for COVID. Right, okay. So um, my background... Wow, like this yeah. whole thing is just born a whole new kind of like sector in the... <laughs> in like production, like a whole COVID thing. So. Pretty much, yeah. pretty much. Um, so when I got called on to work on a series called Inside Man, um, which is coming out at some point this year, um, I was like, I don't know anything about doing COVID. But it was like within the first week um, and I started to realise everything that I was required of me. I was like, oh, this is just like me working in regular production. The only difference is I'm not dealing with the, I'm not dealing with everything. I'm not the eyes and ears of the show. I literally just work in COVID and my job is basically just to ensure the production runs. Yeah. Um, And it's like, this is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're enjoying it. Yeah. You're enjoying doing it. Yeah. That's so, I mean, was your aim always to be in production? Like, was that something you wanted to do? Like, did you, did you study? Yeah, I, so I actually, I'm a TV head. So one thing everyone needs to know about me is that I watch a lot of TV. I've always been like this since a kid. Even when in school, and I used to always talk to people like, oh my God, have you watched this show? Have you watched that show? And everyone's like, you watch too much TV. <laughs> I just was always interested in stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I studied um, media productions in college. And with that course, I learned, basically it just included like film studies. It included stuff to do with sound, graphics. 
it was like a whole thing to just to do with uh, all different aspects of media. Mm-hmm. So we learned the history and we learned how to film, edit. Um, all, it was, I think it was a course that I don't know much, much people are able to have at like 16, 17 years old. Yeah. Um, and then I moved into university where I studied television production. Um, so the course I did at college was very, very useful because my first year I found piss easy because I had already learned it in college. Mm. So I already knew how to edit on like Final Cut, which was the thing 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas um, a lot of the other people that I worked with um, had to kind of like get themselves up to speed with understanding that kind of software and learning how to use cameras and everything. Um, but I initially wanted to become an editor. Right, um, okay. I used to love to cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and everything like that. But um, I think as I started to navigate through the industry, like as much as I love to edit, I kind of wanted to be the person that um, does more. So mm. I wanted to be the person that um, was in development. So the person that, you know, the name is like the person that created the idea. Right, okay, <laughs> Stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Um, and you must have that kind of, you want to be in that area because you feel like you have something to give. You feel like you can contribute to that more than just to edit. Yes. Yeah. Cause like to Even edit, though editing is a big. Editing is an amazing job. skill because yeah. not everybody knows how to do it. Mm. Um, and once you know how to do it, like, you know, that is always going to be invaluable. And also the money is good. Like a good editor could easily get like 400 pound a day. Yeah. Um, but I want you to kind of like be part more of the, the politics of television. Mm. So like, because I've now, I, as I got older, I started to become a bit more engrossed in like how the industry works. So when it came to when it comes to things like how to diversify the industry, and um, the type of content that needs to come out. So like being that we're now living in an era where we have the internet, and the internet is taking over tra- traditional television mm-hmm. because now everybody has the ability to make their own content. Oh yeah. And now it is a bit of a threat when it comes to traditional television because what is what is it now that an audience is interested in watching? Yeah. And actually what sets it aside? I mean, yeah, yeah you can throw loads of money at a production and it has obviously it has a lot of, you know, quality aspects, but people can hire, have access. You know, the regular yeah. Joe, if you've got enough money, you can have access to the production material and facilities to be able to create and throw it on YouTube. It's pretty I much mean, we've worked on things together. <laughs> we've worked you know on web I mean? series and yeah, music exactly. videos. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's a thing where like if you yeah, if you have the means and some people just even do it on their phones. Yeah. You know, if you go back to the early days of YouTube back in two thousand five when everything was like ridiculously ridiculously grainy. Yeah. Or, you know, the quality isn't like it is now, but people were still trying to make content with the little resources that they yeah. had. And they still managed to make massive Do you followers. know what? I was thinking about this the yeah. other day because I was like, oh my God, like I was proper, you know, I was a proper YouTube head yeah. and I was watching all of these series on YouTube. <laughs> like, um, what was that one about um, the men? The four, It was like five guys. Do you remember that one? It was like five black guys. Um, Brothers with no game. game. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I used to be on that. I used to love that. Obviously, like awkward black girl. Yeah, Issa Rae's original on YouTube, and then like Man Them on the Wall. Man Them on the Wall. There were so many, and I was so locked in. And now today, it's kind of like kind of telepathic. It's kind of like it's pretty much exploded. Yeah, it's exploded, and there's so many platforms, and like you know additional platforms on youtube which are outlets for various productions yeah. so it's it's amazing how big it's gone yeah 
yeah so for me um because i've like i've i've become interested in the way like things are rapidly changing when it comes to how people um are enjoying like the type of content and where they're watching it i wanted to kind of get involved in like where traditional television is falling behind how do we how are we able to kind of like bring up to speed with you know the 2020s mm. so um and with the british industry they are falling behind when it comes to their american counterparts mm. so like um it is still very hard in the uk for um, a lot of black content to still you know get the commissions and oh, stuff yeah. like that it's it's coming in drips and drabs but mm. it starts and then it stops and when you compare it to the us where you know you've got shows like insecure and Abba, Abba Elementary and then you've got like Atlanta and then it's like there are so many and it's like yeah. we don't have that much in the yeah, UK yeah. kind of thing it's like I want what to be what do you think that's down to though is that down to is that because of the size of the states in comparison or they're just naturally ahead in terms of allowing those commissions to go through or is it to do with the upper echelons being having more of, is there more like black execs that are able to get these things because there, I know so many writer directors with so many ideas, and then I get so frustrated when I go online or watch something, and they're like, "Oh, this one is this thing is being remade," and it's like, "Oh my god!" I know so many people with fresh ideas have written amazing yeah. things, it's, but um, you're remaking something that doesn't need to be remade. It's it's a mixture. <laughs> it's no, it's true. It's a it's a mixture of things. So like. Um, over here in the UK so what I saw when I worked in development is that uh, the TV industry is extremely white and it's extremely middle class and mm. upper middle class so a lot of the times these people are only around in their circles so anything you kind of bring to the table as like a black person they're never going to understand it so um, they don't get the cultural they, 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 don't, they don't actually yeah. understand it and they're not sure how to bring that as a bring that you know bring that idea to life because they don't it's not something that they understand so mm. because they don't understand it they're not willing to learn and that is where the difficulties lie because it's like if if the people that are you know that have the key to give you the access to mm. you know everything really yeah, yeah, yeah. are not willing to want to understand then that is where you begin to fall short yeah i've been to so many like industry events where like the lack of diversity in the industry is um seen as like comical because they know that it's an issue like this is an issue that's been going on for decades but it's like you can talk about it but what has actually been happening so the only things that usually you see happening are like schemes so you see the writers and the directors and stuff because you know all the talents but instead of them actually being given the shot to just go out and just direct an episode of a tv show or go direct a film it's always like yeah we're going to put them on a scheme mm. and it's like but the, you don't need a scheme you yeah. really have the talent. You yeah. just you just need to <laughs> you just need to give that person, you know, the ability to just go out and do it. Yeah. Whereas in the US, um, from what it looks like, they have they have more confidence in people just being able to do it. Yeah. And not to say that it's not difficult over there, but they have more they seem a bit more forthcoming. More forthcoming. Yeah. I think that's the best yeah. way to say for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, you know, for those that are that are listening in, like that are, you know, they may want to get into production one day, like what do you think it takes, you know, for, what do you think it takes in a person to get into production, like get their foot in the door, like what are people I, looking from, for? I think for me, um, what I, 
I think the best thing is that you should always start from the bottom. And the reason why I say that is like, sometimes people do look down on runners because it is like the bottom of the food chain. But being a runner, you get to learn so many. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Things um, without having too much responsibility, because when it comes to production uh, or production management, I should say more specifically, is that everybody looks to you for everything you are the eyes and ears of the show so yeah. you are the one that are ensuring that this production is going to be holding together so whereas like the producers or the editorial side they come up with all the you know amazing great ideas the production management are the ones that are having to ensure that their ideas are actually being realized right and that can be very very tricky so it could be a thing where like a producer comes in one day and like, oh i think i need a pink pony and now it's for, it's now for you to see if you can go find that pink pony. <laughs> you need to execute. You need to make sure that that pink pony turns up. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where um, you have to have as as easy as it is to say, but you do have to have some confidence about you because mm. you're going to get tested in so many different ways, and you know things constantly change. So like with schedules and you know something might not be practical today so now you've got to figure out like a different solution to an issue so it's having that resilience and also feeling as if you can do and you've got to be creative as well in terms of coming up with things quite quickly because if as you said they're like oh this we're not doing this anymore you gotta you gotta do this you gotta figure it out then you gotta yeah and people don't really care to have hear of your problems (laughs) they want to see the solution yeah so it's not for you to be sitting in a you know, sitting down 
you know, moaning or crying and stuff because as far as everyone else is concerned, okay, but it still needs to get done. So we're yeah. doing. Um, yeah. I've been on I've been on massive shows and I mean these shows are like they're like um one of the streaming services' biggest one of their biggest like programs when it comes to um on the non-scripted side and like we were the reasons why the show got made yeah because everything else was falling apart right (laughs) everything else was falling apart but because everything on our side was um up to speed sorted and everything like that that's kind of the reason why the show is as big as it was um and people will call you at all hours of the day you know, sometimes you could be having breakfast and people come up to you have asked some questions and you're wow. like, can you go away, please? I am eating. Yeah, yeah. And everything like that. But it's, so it's a thing of like, you have to be comfortable within yourself um, and not being afraid to talk what's on your mind. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be rude to people because I never um, encourage that. But feeling assertive and knowing that if you feel within, you know, within your heart that whatever you know, or what um, you feel is going to be right for the show mm. is the right way forward, then you must vocalize it. Yeah. You know, never ever hold anything back because, you know. It could be detrimental. It could be detrimental. I, I think I kind yeah. of have that sentiment in life, to be honest. Like, I feel like you have to be, if when making decisions, you know, sometimes, especially when it's critical, when money's on the line, when, you know, people are waiting for answers you got to make decisions and you've just got to be kind of confident in those decisions because if you yeah. start wavering, then people are going to not have confidence in what you have to say. No. Or, or yeah. yeah, if you don't believe yourself, then how can you convince anyone yeah. else to believe in you? Believe in your source. Even mm. if you don't in your mind. Believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah. In your mind, you might not believe in your source, but you've got to make it look like you do. Yeah, sure. And people will start to listen. And then, yeah, because like, you know, how I people always say that I'm a very cool and calm collective person but when I'm stressed in my mind I am having meltdowns the sirens are going off there's red <laughs> lights everywhere you know the little men in my, in my brain are running around screaming and stuff like that but <laughs> but on the outside it you know I look like I've got it under control yeah even yeah, though yeah, I probably yeah. don't <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no I can yeah. totally relate to that um is there anything like you wish I mean obviously I know you're still very much on your path and you're still sort of like working through you know your journey but like is there anything that you wish that you had done or armed yourself with looking back on entering the industry is there anything that you think oh, I could go back I would have read this book or I would have took this class or I would have gone in this way or I don't know is there anything would you change anything or um, I think the only thing I would probably change is just being a bit more um, honest when I was having conversations with people that could put me on onto different opportunities. I found ah. that like I found that um, in the early early stages because I was still trying to navigate where it was I wanted to lie. I always had um, people saying that I need to decide what it is that I want to do, but because I was in development, then I was in production. And then there was a point where, like, I was telling people that actually I want to go back into doing editing. I felt like I was being, felt like I was being indecisive. Mm. So then after a while, I felt um, like I couldn't say what it is that I actually wanted to do. Right. And the main thing I wanted to do was to get into scripting. Yeah. But I felt like because I've already said that I wanted to do all these other things that I should probably just stop um, 
telling people and what you, he was do you think to. also like people because actually i i found this obviously you know i've worked in tv and film and being a makeup artist but i've always found in my early days i struggled with saying what i want yeah and it has led to my connections kind of falling by the wayside because i'll have like these strong connections with people and because i'm not forthcoming with the things that i want then they'll be like oh she's not really that bothered about trying to do you know what i mean that's like, that's how so, i felt yeah 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 so it's that kind of like being on it just like, being on it and yeah. do you know what and if you I'm do come you and if you do come across as indecisive so what but you've just got to say that what how you feel right now mm. is what you want if it changes next week then so be it but right now this is what you want and you yeah. just need to say it and see where it takes you yeah um and because i wasn't doing that i was finding myself in places where that wasn't making me happy and i was because i wasn't saying what i wanted you know i wasn't getting that connect the connections that i really really desired i wanted that connection to get into scripted yeah because non-scripted television and scripted television are very very different the connects are you know they're not going to be the same type of people but there could be one person that'd be like oh i've got a friend that's working on a drama yeah and they could put you one kind of thing uh, but yeah. if you don't say that it's not going to happen absolutely oh i have literally the same experience like i've learned so much in the last few years of like saying like literally speaking it you know like people are always like manifest what you want yeah. like whether you believe in manifestation or not is to do with saying what you want Pretty and much. saying it out loud. And when people hear you, they're like, it will be a marker in their mind so that if they are, you know, they may not see you for like a month or something, but mm-hmm. they will, it, if someone says, oh, there's this opportunity and they remember that you actually said you wanted to, then they will kind of link you up. Well, hopefully, um, but they yeah. will think of you ideally. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. It's about saying what, Saying what you want. want, yeah. And then, and I think the other thing for me is just, just start. I mean, you can only know this once you're in it, but I think just to understand about or trying to pick up vibes of people that are going to help you and people oh, that yeah. aren't. Mm-hmm. You're gonna meet loads so of people. Some snakes out here yeah. in the grass. There's gonna be <laughs> no or people that just like they they just say things just for, for conversation. So yeah. the amount of people that I met, especially in my early years, where they'd be like, yeah drop me your email, you know, drop me your email, you know, give me, yeah. send me an email, send me a CV, do a lot of small talk. you know, I'm going to see what I can do for you. And then you yeah. do that as soon as you get home, you know, you draft up your email, oh, you God, get your CV all ready, you send it out and then it's crickets. And then, you know, I was that person that I would constantly chase that person to be like, oh, has anything come through yet? But then you're not really hearing anything back and just mm. kind of like knowing that, like if someone doesn't really get back to you first time round, that, they're not going to help you. Mm. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's just like, sometimes you but just then, got... Is there something to yeah. be said with some people? Because I know that there's some situations where I've got out of a, like, sent an email to someone and they've not got back to me and then maybe I've, like, sent them, like, two more emails, like, in, not, like, back to back, but, but like, maybe in a month's time. time. Yeah. And then you might hear from them. But it's like, would you say there's kind of, would you suggest people, what would you suggest people do? Like, do you, do you think it's more of an energy thing? Do you think... Sometimes I think sometimes it's... Sometimes you know. Sometimes you know. Yeah. Because I... With, we're, in a, we're in an era where everybody is on email. Mm. And no matter how busy somebody is, people are always going to respond back to your email. Like, mm. I, I don't believe this thing that everyone is too busy not to look at emails. Mm. Because we... How we 
go through life right now is that we correspond via email a lot yeah. we're all instant messaging but email is a major factor so that person has definitely seen your email yeah and it's rude as well yeah like, to to not only that you've emailed the person but actually that person's promised you they've actually said Dead. they've gone out of their way and said yeah. oh yeah make sure you drop me a line make sure you you know send me a message and i'll whatever but it's yeah. like don't don't say anything mm-hmm. if you don't mean it and that's what I... Because it, yeah. it feels like it's a bit of a waste of time. Yeah. Like, even, I would appreciate if it's like, do you know what, thanks? Um, I haven't got anything right now, but if I do see something, let me, I'll let you know. That's cool with me because I can just go about with my day. But now you're just thinking like, oh my God, you know, should I email this person back? Am I going to be looking too desperate? Like, you now got all of these things in your head because mm. this person hasn't gotten back to you. Yeah. You know, so... Sometimes just pick up on a vibe if you know that someone is actually going to help you and if somebody's not. Yeah. But you can only tell, you can only know that once you're in it, really. Yeah, true. Um, so with the subject being new beginnings, I wanted to discuss like a moment sort of in your kind of, yeah, in your career where you've kind of wanted to start over or I don't know, like you thought, oh, this isn't working for me i guess we kind of covered that i suppose like in the beginning <laughs> yeah. when we spoke about you going back into nine to five but has has that been the case since going into scripted tv have you sort of thought about like nah or are, are you where you want to be i'm i'm a bit of where i want to be i know my i think right now it's um i have to learn about what i'm gonna do when um you know, like the pandemic of COVID or post-pandemic, um, what am I going to do next? Because I know that working in COVID isn't going to last forever. Yeah. So my next step is where am I going to go next? Am I going to go back? Am I going to go into production for scripted or am I going to go into like a different type of department? Like in scripted television, there are so many different, different, different departments that you can go into where you can become like a coordinator or, you know, like do production in some form of way it doesn't necessarily have to be in production Mm. um because of how i've worked i've had had um many people ask me why i'm not in production in scripted but i'm kind of like i'm still waiting on my options i want to see if i should right go over there or there are so many different departments that i could fall into maybe i should try something else yeah i guess the, the skills that you have are so transferable pretty much that you could go anywhere sort of within the realm of production but in different areas so amazing that's that's that sounds amazing so any of you people out there that want to get in production there seems to be so much well not seems to be there is so much scope um i've worked on many productions and sometimes you see production managers really stressed out but to be honest they are the threads the the glue that holds the whole thing everything together. together so they don't get the appreciation that they deserve. yeah like i have seen that um i think it's bafta are now putting in a category for production managers Ooh, which i think is long overdue because it's like yes you know we like to praise all the editorial side of people so like the producers and the writers and directors which is fantastic mm. but line line producers and um production execs and production managers and even co-ords like they need to get held up too because like the amount of work that they that is put in you know it is always often as they say it's like a thankless job but people don't understand that sometimes the hours and the amount of work that um they do it needs to get celebrated and recognized like it is so important 
it's a lot it's a lot so is there anything that you're working on at the moment that you can share any like I don't know productions that you're working on or your individual projects is there anything that you can like share yeah um well I'm currently working on a feature film for Netflix. I can't say what it is because they're NDAs. Ew. <laughs> NDAs, you know. I know that's NDA. NDAs are the story of my life. <laughs> when, I, when I worked on Two Was a Handle, um, I knew about the show in September 2018, and the show didn't come out until April 2020. Mad. So imagine all that Having time to hold that in. in for all that time it was, was insane. Um, so yeah, I'm currently working on a feature film for Netflix. Um, it's of a, it's of, it's about a, you know, a very notable show that I'm pretty sure most of you guys have watched, but I just can't say what it is. Right. Um, and then I just, I previously worked on a commercial and then I did a, a series for Amazon called, um, The Devil's Hour. Right. And then prior to that, I did a series for BBC One and Netflix called Inside Man. Um, and then I have also done a web series with Martine. Yes. <laughs> called yes. Talia Versus. Can you guys please check it out? You know? Yeah, please check out and support Talia Versus. It's like super grassroots project, but it is epic storytelling. My sister wrote it, Sarafina Mathis. Big up Sarafina. directed <laughs> some of the um, episodes. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's huge. It's a huge deal. It's a labour of love and... Yeah, the quality. Can we talk about quality? Quality it's, is there. It's there. So yeah, Talia versus. Do check that out. Please check it out. And also, you got you got your own website with your recommendations. Yeah. Um, going back to me watching an, a hell of a lot of TV, I um launched a website last year where I recommend TV shows. So if they're if you're ever stuck on what to watch, um, yeah, just check out my website. It's called Just a Girl Who Watches TV. Um, so yeah, I can, I recommend like different genres. Um, so if you're like a horror lover, if you like shows about, uh, black women or, um, shows written by black women, um, or if there's a brand new show that's come out for the week, um, something to go check out for the week or whatever like that. Um, but yeah, there's so much to do on the website or to, and to check out. Um, and then there's a lot more that I need to write up on because, there's constantly shows coming out. <laughs> it doesn't it's hard stop. to keep, keep up yeah, these days. It's hard to very much keep up. So, so much. But yeah, definitely check it out if you're ever stuck on that, what to watch and stuff like that. So Amazing. yeah. Right. So we are going to go and do a quick fire round. Okay. Okay. So um, this is just where I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. It's either going to be like this or that or, or like... I don't know, your dream this or whatever. But it's a quick fire round, so it means that you need to answer really quickly. Oh my okay? gosh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, like, thinking too much. you got to say exactly what comes to your mind straight away. Cool. It's only a short one. Um, so first one is Netflix or Amazon TV shows? Oh, definitely Netflix. Amazing. Um, 90s R&B or late 2010s R&B? Uh, I would definitely say 90s R&B, yeah. Um, what's your dream holiday destination? Ah, uh, my dream. I would like to go to. I want to go to the Maldives. Oh, it sounds yes. expensive, and yeah, that sounds right on my shoes. Same, shame. same, same, same. <laughs> I can agree with you on that. Um, what are your pet? What's your number one pet peeve on set? Number one, I would probably just say rude people. Yeah. Um, if you had one film to watch forever. 
what would that be? You can't have any more. Just one film that you could only watch. Oh, Dream Girls. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, it's an amazing film. Um, it's a musical. It has Beyonce in it. (laughs) (laughs) What else do I need to say? Name one of the seven dwarves. Um, happy. Hardo bread or bun? Oh, definitely bun. Yeah. <laughs> What's your f- one favourite thing about Notting Hill Carnival? Oh, there's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this would be a hard one. Um, the fact that everybody is just in a very good mood. Yeah. Yeah. Vibes. vibes it's our vibes. vibe. Um, favourite TV villain. My favourite TV villain? I can't give two. Nope. Just one. one. Yeah. Uh, all right, you can give a runner-up. Okay, all right. So my favourite TV... I'm Brent... I'm Brent... I'm Brent... <laughs> Brent the rules. Brent the rules. <laughs> okay, my favourite TV villain would have to be Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender. And then runner-up is Eli Pope from Scandal. Oh, my God. Because... He was wicked. Like... He was a proper villain. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um... Right, nails done or hair done? Oh my gosh. No, I'm gonna have to say <laughs> No, that's just why because <laughs> I know you're a woman that always has her nails and hair done, so Oh, alright, nails, nails, nails are important. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> last one, dinner with Beyonce or dinner with Solange. Um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Solange. Really? I, I feel like You're a Beyonce stan. I'm a Beyonce stan, but I feel like I could probably be more myself around Solange. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like she seems yeah, like you seem like you'd get more more of a vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No. You'd be like well, I know I would be like totally sh- like starstruck. I wouldn't yeah. be able to say any words no. in front of Beyonce. But Solange, I'm like, yeah, I need you to be my homegirl. Yeah. Like I need to be able to call you on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Oh my god. Right, so this is the part where sort of like at the end of every podcast episode, I ask my guests to drop your jewel. It could be something that you've taken from someone that's inspired you um, in your life or something that you've just come up with, a mantra mm. maybe. Um, I'm going to say, um, and I think it's because of how last year went, was that don't be afraid to be yourself. Like, believe in yourself. Amen. Like, People always gravitate to people that are comfortable in their own skin. Um, and as much as like you feel like you might not um, be bringing anything to anybody, you'd be very, very surprised on who is actually being inspired by you and stuff. So just be, literally just be yourself. Like, yes, we all make mistakes. Don't be afraid to make mistakes or whatever like that. But yeah, anything you do, just make sure that you're doing it for yourself. And that is it. Forget everybody else. <laughs> and then things will come to you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for joining me on my first podcast episode. Drop the jewel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. As I've said before, um, where can people find you on social media? Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, under, um, underscore Hey Ray. So H E Y R A Y. And then I am on Twitter. I want to see it's um, underscore HeyRay91. I 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they can definitely find you on Instagram. You can definitely find me on Instagram. Perfect. So you're through to the final jewel. So yeah, this is the part where I wrap up the show. Um, thank you guys for listening in. That was like amazing um, conversation with Raylene. She went from being in non-scripted TV and having to take a step back from that because she just wasn't sure. She didn't have her heart in it and going then going back into TV and actually going into scripted, finally getting opportunities in scripted TV. And for me, that just speaks to sometimes you do need to step back and you do need to kind of assess your situation and decide sort of like, you know, it's, there's no, you know, there's nothing bad in going backwards to go forward. Sometimes, you know, you might not be in a position where um, you're enjoying where you, where you are career-wise and you don't have to just stay there and stick it out because, you know, you'd be a miserable mess. Thanks guys for tuning into this episode. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. Please subscribe to follow us for more episodes upcoming on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify. Um, you can follow us to continue the conversation on Twitter, that's Jules Pod, and on Instagram, that's Drop the Jules Pod. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 